Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and kind of a boring month. Well, kind of a boring Monday because I was thinking we were going to be getting the CoreLogic Home Price Insight Report, which usually comes out. I think earlier in the month, but you know, last week with July fourth and the week, it just did it. it the holiday almost like in the middle of the week just really threw everyone and all these data reports kind of for a loop. So we got nothing <laughs> from CoreLogic uh, this morning. So I was planning on talking a little bit about that, but I guess we're not. Uh, however, we are going to talk about bonds. Uh, we'll talk about the big jobs report on Friday and then what we have to look forward to this week. So I guess let's start with, well, let's talk about what's going to be happening this week. Because it's kind of a, another, Monday is going to be kind of um, an indicator of how boring this week's going to be because um, we're supposed to be, or you know what, maybe we're supposed to get Black Knight's home price index. Maybe I looked there too, that, that report wasn't up either. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to get CoreLogic. Those are kind of smaller home price reports that give you an idea like of trends, you know, which way we're moving. Are we still moving in a positive direction? Are we going to see reversal? It gives you kind of a good idea of where we're going. It's not gospel like, say, the case Schiller, but a good report nonetheless. Uh, and then Wednesday is the big day of the week because Wednesday we are getting inflation data. This is a big report because inflation is supposed to fall to 3.1%. And that would be, I mean, I, we almost fell full point the previous month. We were at 4.9, fell to 4. Now we're going to see another almost full point decline. Now we're looking at 3.1%. Here's why this is a big report. This is the last month that we're going to see a big number fall off from the prior year. So I mentioned this, I think, two months ago. I said, get ready because the May or excuse me, April and May reports, but that's, that's what the data is from, uh, is going to be showing a big drop from the prior month or pr- from the prior year because those months, or I should say it was, sorry, it was May and June. We saw, I think one month it was like 1% and then 1.3%. And so that really spiked the number a year ago. So those numbers are falling off, but that's the last big drop off. And I think that's what has some people worried that we're not going to see any other big drops. Now it's all on what is happening now. And inflation is going to be 1% higher than the target rate. And so how do we get it from three to two? And there was a good piece in the Wall Street Journal this weekend about how the last mile of inflation is going to be the stickiest. And that that's why you're hearing... I mean, here we are, we've seen inflation fall from what, 9% down to 3% in about a year. And Jerome Powell still saying that it's not until 2025 (laughs) that we're going to see inflation get, how is that possible? Well, it's because there's nothing 
unless we have some major disinflationary event that's going to push inflation to 2%. It's sort of stuck at um, 3%. I mean, especially if we keep seeing these like 0.3%, 0.4% months, we're going to keep it at about 3%. So that's the big report on Wednesday. And then Thursday, of course, as always, we get PPI the day after. PPI is expected to fall to 0.4%. No, no, no. That is not the monthly increase. That is the year-over-year number is supposed to slow to 0.4%. So we got producer prices well below the target rate at 0.4%. Could that help CPI? You would think so to be determined. We will see if that happens. So really not a ton going on this week. The CPI report is going to be the big one that everyone is going to be watching. And then of course, PPI, but CPI is really the the big report. And then we got, like I said, some housing reports that later today, we're going to get one and then tomorrow, not really that big, but we all know what the big report was last week. Well, you would think it was going to be big, but it seems like the markets were more concerned, not with the non-farm payroll, the big uh, number from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but they were more concerned with the ADP report, which surprised with 500,000 jobs. So everyone was wondering, what is the non-farm payroll, the official number? What is that going to be? And, you know, we had some mixed data with jobless claims kind of holding. We saw job openings fall more than expected, but then we had that crazy ADP report. And it's funny, ADP, it's it's like it always, you know, Tom Keen on Bloomberg always jokes that it never matters unless it does. And for some reason, it always seems to get weight, even though everyone agrees that it's not really that good of a report. <laughs> it's always off. And this month was no different. So once again, ADP had almost half a million jobs created in the month of June. And so what did the official report say? Not even close to that. And in fact, for the second time, only the second time this year, we saw a monthly jobs report miss expectations. Normally this year, it's been a surprise to the upside. More jobs created. In June, fewer jobs created. Total non-farm payroll employment increased by 209,000 in June. That was down from the 339,000 increase that we saw in May. And in fact, that 209,000 number, lowest number since December 2020. So it's been a little while. The unemployment rate did hold at 3.6%. And as I said, this was a miss. Economists were expecting 229,000 jobs. So where did the jobs come from? Well, they actually came from the government. They were the top hirer for the month with 60,000 new jobs in June. Healthcare took the number two spot with 41,000 new jobs followed by social assistance up about 18,000, construction up about 23,000, and professional and business services up 21,000. So on the flip side, uh, where we're seeing job losses, 11,000 fewer jobs in transportation and warehousing. Uh, And I believe financial services lost about 7,000. So kind of an interesting report in that in the ADP report, leisure and hospitality was the big winner by far. It was like half the report. And in this case, you're still only sitting, I mean, it didn't even make the top five. 
leisure and hospitality. <laughs> so once again, ADP, the outlier. Uh, one of the big takeaways, this is actually a great aspect of this report. Average, average hourly earnings for all employees on private non-farm payrolls rose 0.4% to $33.58. That was about the same increase that we've seen the last two months, been 0.4%. This puts wage growth at 4.4% year over year. Now, assuming that CPI does what we think it's going to do, we just talked about this. What is CPI supposed to do? Fall to 3.1%. If that's the case, that would mean that real wages for the first time (laughs) are actually outpacing inflation. That is a great thing for consumers because for the last year we have seen wage gains, but they have not been keeping up with inflation. And this could be an indicator that we're finally seeing that reverse where you're seeing wages now beating out inflation. Now, of course, that can be inflationary in itself. You put more money in workers' hands. They then do what? Go out and spend it which of course does what keeps inflation where it is. Maybe that's why the argument from the Wall Street Journal is that last mile of getting inflation down, that last percent may be the hardest one. And then another important aspect of this report, revisions. We've seen some big upward revisions. In this case, we saw some big downward revisions. Uh, For April, for example, that report was revised downward 77,000 which put the number at 217,000. That's a big revision. I mean, that's almost a third. (laughs) Uh, In May, was also revised down by 33,000 to 306,000. So still an impressive report in May, no doubt about that. But that's over 100,000, over 100,000, 110,000 revision for the last two months, which means the labor market was not as hot as we thought it was these last two months. Now, I will be honest, when this report came out and it was weaker than expected, only the second time this year we've seen that happen, and it was the smallest monthly gain since December 2020, I thought, here we go. We're going to see a reversal in the bond market uh, from what we saw earlier that week. You know, ADP comes out and bond <laughs> the sell-off in the bond market was insane, pushing 10-year treasury yields up about 20 basis points. I think that day alone, I mean, it was, it was a big jump. Maybe it was like 15. It was a big jump. And so I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to see a reversal of that. And no, it didn't happen. In fact, looking at 10-year treasury yields right now this morning, uh, up, they're up. Now, they're down a little bit from where they were earlier. At one point, it looked like the 10-year was going to, uh, yield on the 10-year was going to open at around 4.08%. Now it's back down to about 4.05%, but still well above 4%, easily above 4%, I should say. And there was an interesting piece, once again, in the Wall Street Journal this weekend that explained why bonds are taking such a hit And the argument, this piece was by Sam Goldfarb, the argument by Sam is that behind the climb 
of these yields, prices falling, is the unwinding of bets that the Federal Reserve's interest-fighting campaign would rapidly cool inflation or even precipitate a recession. Last week's readings on a still-tight labor market heightened worries that the Fed would have to raise rates to higher level than previously expected and then keep them there for longer. Now, they go on to talk about, you know, Last year was maybe like one of the worst years for bonds, <laughs> bond portfolios, people holding on to these bonds. I mean, you look at SVB, it was the losses on these bonds that basically brought down the bank and not having any hedge on that bond position and the concern overall about that. And so now here we are in a situation where you're seeing people who are saying, okay, you know, I've lost money. I was holding this position as long as I could, but it doesn't look like we're going to see any relief. So I'm going to take my lickings and sell, (laughs) which of course then drives bond yields even higher. And so that's the argument for why we're continuing to see um, bond yields rise. Even though, like I said, I, I thought we might see a little relief. From the jobs report, I was kind of hoping for it, and uh, we didn't get it, and I totally thought we would. (laughs) So, like most other uh, predictions when it comes to what's going to happen with mortgage rates, what happened with 10-year, what's going to happen with, it's wrong. I was wrong. (laughs) I thought for sure we would see some relief in the bond market when that weaker than expected report came out and we did not, that did not happen. So I was humbled a little bit there on Friday. Um, all right. Like I said, we didn't, we haven't got the reports from black Knight. Uh, we didn't get anything from core logic this morning. So I guess we'll be talking about it on tomorrow's show, but there's, you know, not much more to get to. We got, you know, Bond yields still on the up and up. Unfortunately, we got the big jobs report on Friday. And then, of course, all eyes on CPI on Wednesday. And that's that's it. That's all I got. It's a quick show on Monday. I will say that much. Um, but you guys enjoy your Monday. And we will talk to you again Tuesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait. 